This is Jesse Bowen, and welcome to the Become an Author podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Natalie McQueen. Hey, Natalie, how are you doing? Good, good. I am great, Jesse. How about you? Hey, I am better, better, and better trying to make the world a better place. You know, last week, we had a fantastic week. Uh, We had a lot of our authors we've been working with over the past year on and sharing their stories. And there was just so uh, many really awesome things that happened last week. And uh, we've been having people to call us and people have become inspired by their stories about their author's journey. Now, as we celebrated a year of the Become a Author podcast, so I'm really excited. So how 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 did things go for you last week? It was amazing. I loved hearing everyone's stories and how, whether they were pulled into publishing by getting in a compilation book and and getting over that uncomfortableness to becoming an author, right? Because when you, if you don't have that mindset, which I didn't, and thought, okay, I could become a published author, and then you're a little more open to it. But until you hold that book in your hand, and it becomes real, you're like, oh, my gosh. So everyone had a different story, a different experience. Um, I remember Suki Jeffries saying, you know, she couldn't believe just holding her book in her hands, and looking at it and seeing her name on the front. Like that was a pivotal moment for her. So yeah, we had amazing people. Um, Let's see if I can remember. um, Hopefully I don't leave anyone out, but we had uh, Nadia Gilks and Dr. Susan Hughes and Suki Jeffries, um, Buddy Thornton. And Buddy is what we like to call our show off that (laughs) published three international best-selling books in what, a six month period? Right. Yeah, so that was great. Uh, Kimberly Blake, she was such a rock star in her story, you know, starting into the martial arts later in life and then accomplishing so much. And now she's an author and um, it's she's very inspiring. And of course, she's got her sp- her son <laughs> that is inspiring and, and doing great things as well. And then Nathan Porter, it was good to hear his story a little more. You you got um, to share a little bit more about him because you had that relationship, so- right? And this and this is the part about no matter wherever you are, you can have a story. And, and Nathan is one of those young men who's a martial artist. He's very successful. He has three. He's owner of three martial arts schools. He's making a difference in his community. Uh, He was uncertain about how to write, but he now sees the value. In fact, we have another compilation we're going to kick off. He's already asked to be a part of that. And then, but that's how you can step up. So now he's, you know, he's written his first chapter of his book when he chooses to write his book. So that's the great part of being in a compilation, especially if you're writing a chapter because this opens the door for your book 
this could be the first chapter of your own personal book. And we're trying to help people to understand how to be able to get there to do that. And this is why, you know, Nathan, you know, he really had a lot of fun. So we're getting ready to do another project and it's called the Emerging Leaders. And this project is about martial arts school owners, program owners going through COVID and how did they, how did they deal with that? So there's not a book or information out there that's a blueprint if we have to go through this again. And so we're doing that. So he's one of those people that really wants to be a part of it. So this is what our program has opened up is a doorway to other opportunities. Yeah, and that'll be a really interesting read because to hear how everyone had to, you know, take their live events and these children that they were mentoring and working with and having to pivot as the whole world did. So I can't wait to read that one. Um, someone else we talked to was uh, Marvin King. And I, I always love hearing from him and about his program. And I got his uh, book in Las Vegas. And so, yeah, it's great to hear from him and see him um, very active in his programs and how he helps people with fitness. We had uh, Desiree Brown, which was an author um, that I published, uh, let's see, yeah, towards the beginning of last year. And her husband and her were both in corporate and then decided, you know, before COVID, let's get on the road, let's just go and play um, music and travel and see the world. And then COVID hit. <laughs> And so she, her book is a journey of their traveling, their ups, their downs, what they ran into, um, going from a corporate paycheck to on the road, you know, trying to find a venue to sing at to keep them going. So it's an incredible book. Uh, and then Robert W. Jones, what can we say about him, right? Robert um, has the Art of Connection series and We've helped publish him. Uh, this is book four that's coming out. Just published book three. And uh, book four is about gratitude. So if anyone is interested in dipping their toe in um, becoming an author, what a great way to write a little quote, your thought about the quote, and then be in a book with 365 other authors. So that was great. And then we had Carol Koppelman. Carol was one of the first authors that I worked with to help put her book layout step-by-step uh, step for her to get started because she wanted to do a memoir and her journey through life and, and the lessons learned. So how do you put you know, 50 years or 60 years in a 200 page book. So that's where we come in and we help you really look at the pivotal moments in your life and what are the things that you can share. Um, we had Captain Kevin and then um, Daryl um, Sullins Sr. And then Rhea, um, oh, I think. Fate, yes. Mm -hmm. And they were all great. So what, what, what are some of the things that really stuck out to you? I, 
I think out of the week, the Friday program celebration of having two people on, you know, we had Kevin on with his memoirs of the Vietnam War from the other, other side of, you know, of, of uh, being in, actually in that combat zone and you're in Vietnam and telling from the other side, you know, as one of the people fighting for their lives and, you know, supported by the U.S. and all the things was going on and people thought that he were, that he was dead and, you know, he, he, he immigrated to the U.S. And when he released his book and someone, some of, someone's grandson saw the book and was asking, do you, do you know this person? And he started looking at the picture and he goes, that's my captain. I right. thought he was dead. And people have been calling him and getting up with him because he's written this book that, that now they're making that reunion because of his book is uh, there's a, uh, a movie company looking at turning it into a movie. Uh, there was a company, there was a company that was looking at buying 5,000 copies of his book. I mean, so they have all these amazing things, but the most important part was writing the book and getting all of that out. It was you not know, a this crap. But then he had a language barrier. So right. Someone helping get the story out. And his wife was very pivotal in the trans uh, translation of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember her reaching out to us when he got the book in his hands and he just, he couldn't talk. He was just like, he couldn't believe that it was real um, from him speaking and then having help put it together in a, in a, memoir and a, a very eye-opening, um, you know, things that weren't reported. Yeah. And, and the defates and Ray and his wife, Susan, that was very powerful telling their story of being married for 50 years, uh, his military background, being hurt as a police officer, and then the martial arts story about how he became a grant a uh, grandmaster in the martial arts and bringing that together and they shared their children reading the book and then rereading the book to their to their children wow. and the impact that it's made really powerful book uh his book made the uh take center stage um uh, award for uh for a memoir award for the year. And that was really exciting for them that once they got it published, the book automatically, it came into an award right away and that was in Vegas. And now it's being nominated for the International Impact Award. So this is what we look at of, of doing. And that was really great. And then we finished up on Saturday. I had an online class. We, I guess, had about 20 plus people uh, registered for the class, and it was great. And the class was about writing your story and turning it into an international bestseller. You know, now this, those are some of the things we're, you know, I think we're pretty good at. I mean, we, you know, uh, we just released my book a few weeks ago and uh, was 7274 
number one release credits. And so I think that we 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 have mastered a skill set that we can help our clients not start at the bottom, but we can help them to launch their books at the top. And all they have to do is to keep that energy going with their marketing and keeping it going for their books to stay in that top 100 position, especially on on Amazon and other outlets. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a special guest today, and he is one of my favorite authors that I've got to work with. Talk about an inspiring story. I'm going to let him share. But Kevin Parker, um, let's see if he pops in here. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Hey, everybody. How are you today? Good. Good to have you here, Kevin. Um, Good to be here. I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself, um, talk about True Warrior success, what you're doing, your book, Winning Against All Odds, and maybe share a little bit about how did your book, how did the vision of writing your story impact your business? Excellent. Well, as it says on the screen, my name is Kevin Parker. I am a speaker, coach, and best-selling author. Uh, I have a company called True Warrior Success. Uh, we work with people predominantly in recovery, help them overcome their addictions. Uh, I do drug interventions. I work with the families. I do placements all across the country. Uh, I do recovery coaching. And I do every aspect of addiction. I also do mindset and performance coaching for people that are trying to start a business and really are solo solo entrepreneurs. That's the word, solo entrepreneurs. And uh, I really just like helping people starting their own businesses because I know the struggles that it can happen, uh, the imposter syndrome and all the different things that people struggle with in the beginning stages of their careers. Uh, writing my book was a long process. It took me almost 10 years to write my book. My stepmother on her de dying deathbed promised, made me promise her that I was going to write a book that I was going to impact the world. And at the time, I never read it, wrote anything more than 10 pages in college. So I kind of just yes to her death, but it was eating me alive and festering. And for about eight years, I was just jotting things down on pieces of paper, just little memoirs and things here and there. And I was about 90 pages of sloppy work until I really, really focused it in. I hired a book coach and I really got laser focused on the story that I wanted to tell. And I came up with this book called Winning Against All Odds, Discovering the True Warrior Then. It is a- Remember right, your book was over a hundred thousand words. So you put together- more than a couple pages. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, the book is a autobiography, but because I'm a coach, I peppered it with self-development takeaways for any reader. So for anybody to pick up the book at any time, it'll teach them some kind of life lesson or something for them to take away. My story is a little different than most uh, a lot of people can relate to it at certain aspects. As a young kid, I was bullied at two years old. I moved in with my stepfather. He had a son my age. Unfortunately, he got attacked by a wolf. It completely mutilated his face. It ripped off his scalp. It even took one of his ears. And this is a trauma that no kid should ever go through. 
But unfortunately, because of this, he became very mean and angry and resentful. And me being a perfect little boy coming into the house, I was his enemy. I was half his size and he never missed an opportunity to physically, mentally or emotionally abuse me. So at a very young age, I was suicidal. I remember at five years old, I used to tell my mom that I wanted to kill myself. When I finally got the opportunity to numb my pain, I took it. And the only option that was available at that time was drugs and alcohol. I started drinking and smoking weed at a very early age, at nine, 10 years old. And it completely consumed my life. Uh, I was a high school all-star baseball and football player. I was in the honors class. And drugs ran rampant through my life until the point where I basically got through high school by the skin of my teeth. I got into a lot of trouble with the law. I was selling drugs just to get by. Before I knew it, I turned around and every single aspect of my life was gone. Every relationship I was ever in, every opportunity, every friendship was gone and I was all alone. And by 25 years old, I was completely homeless. My father took me in for about six months. He let me stay until he gave me an ultimatum. He said, Kevin, you're a junkie. You need to either get help or get out. See what happened at 18 years old, I got hit by a bus and I injured my neck and my back and I got severely addicted to painkillers and it really consumed my life. So when he hit me with this ultimatum, pride set in and I was like, I don't need your help. I don't, I don't have a problem. I packed all my stuff in a book bag. I threw my safe on my shoulder and I stormed out the house and I walked to my best friend's house where I convinced his mother to let me stay. And that night I overdosed. They found me face first in my vomit, blue, completely unresponsive. The next thing that I knew was I was waking up in a coma three weeks later, fighting for my life. In that coma, I died three times, completely flatlined. It got so bad that a priest come in and read me my last rites. And nothing short of a miracle, nothing short of God intervening in my life. I just woke up. And when I woke up, I woke up to multi-organ failure and 108 fever. My liver, my kidneys, my lungs, my heart, my brain completely shut down. I had 20% oxygen in my brain. I had 108 fever. They had me on the ice blankets. My brain was frying. They told me if I survived, I'd be a complete vegetable and I'd lose all four of my limbs. Luckily enough, I sat in, sat in the bed with tubes coming down in my throat, tubes coming out of my lungs. Couldn't even speak a word, praying to God in silence, begging for a second chance and Asking, if I get a second chance, I promise I learn my lesson. I promise I'll make a difference in this world. I promise I'll change. Just give me a second chance. Weeks on end, I got no response until one day the doctor came in and said, Kevin, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is I think you're going to make it. The bad news is we're going to have to take your leg or you're going to die tonight. So I'm now an amputee, but that was the least of my problems. I struggled in the hospital for four months, not knowing if I was going to live or die. They lowered the oxygen just low enough so I'd have to suffer for each and every breath, but high enough so I wouldn't die. So I felt like I was being waterboarded for weeks on end. It was absolutely torture. I had sepsis to the blood. I bled out a few times. I had all kinds of problems. I was 110 pounds soaking wet. I'm 240 right now. So imagine I was skin and bones in the hospital and I didn't know what to expect. Uh, it took me four months to get out of the hospital. And once I finally got out, I thought that the ba the battle was over. Little did I know it had just begun. When I got to my house, I had to get to my room, to the second floor. It might as well have been a mountain. It took me two 
almost two hours to get up the flight of stairs. By the time I got to my bed, I collapsed in pure exhaustion. And this is when it all hit me. My life was in shambles. I was all alone. I had no friends because they were all drug addicts or drug dealers. My girlfriend left me. I had no career. I had to start over life from scratch at 25 years old. But you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had a second chance at life. I had a rebirth. And I had to go through this process of relearning everything. The doctor told me it was going to take me two years to learn how to walk. I was running in two months. I had a complete nerve damage in my hand. They told me I was never going to be able to move my hand again. I sat and talked to my hand for nine months straight until my finger wiggled. Once I see my finger wiggled, that's all I needed to know. I started moving my hand. I started moving my fingers. I started moving my wrist. Before I knew it, I had about 90% use of my hand. When I started getting my physicality back, I started having to work on, on the social and, and um, emotional aspects because I had no self-respect. I had no confidence. I had no identity. I had to figure out who I was. So I took all my addictive personalities and I became an addict of self-development. I started working out every day. I started reading books. I've read well over 250 self-development books. I went to seminars all across the country. Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, Les Brown, Mary Morrissey. Anybody that I can find that would add a little more value to find my purpose in life. And sure enough, I did. I found my purpose. It was when I was reading all of these terrible stories about all my friends and all the people in the neighborhood dying from opioids that I wrote my story to the Sunday Advance and they published it on the front page of the Sunday Advance. And a bunch of organizations reached out to me and asked me to speak at an event. And the first time I spoke, I was sitting there and I was shaking and shambles and my glasses were fogging up and I was stuttering and I could barely get through it. But luckily enough, when I finally got through it and I didn't die from the experience, I got a standing ovation and it was the highest that I've ever gotten in my life. And I knew at that point that my life was dedicated to help saving lives from the struggles that I struggled with with my life, with bullying, with mental health issues, with drug addiction. And I dedicated my life to that. So I became a coach. I became a recovery coach. I became a drug interventionist. And I started helping hundreds and hundreds of people. I've helped well over a thousand people get clean and sober and change their lives and transform it and literally help them take their biggest weaknesses and turn them into their biggest strengths. See, I, I live my life every single day with gratitude because every day I get to put my leg on in the morning and take steps. And every step I take inspires and motivates the people around me. And I try to touch a life everywhere that I go. And my life has had so much meaning and so much purpose ever since this. It's been absolutely amazing. My book has been a bridge to a lot of opportunities uh, out there, uh, speaking opportunities, uh, training opportunities, helping training classes, teaching classes, getting different kind of clients, getting invited to special masterminds, podcasts, you name it, I've been invited to it. And one of my biggest goals is to get my my book in the hands of every ninth grader across the country, because I truly believe if kids at that age were to read my book, that the addiction rates across the country would drastically 
decrease and it would really change the lives because the problem is we just went through a huge pandemic and I really truly believe that the, the real pandemic in this country is addiction because it not only affects the addict it affects the family it affects the community it affects everybody that they come across and if we could just make a little impact in that pandemic I think this world will be a much better place absolutely yeah that's uh, your story wow. every time I hear, uh, hear it I mean, it's, it's so shocking and then so inspiring. And, and I know a lot of what you've done and how you've helped people. And one thing uh, I'd like to address is you went not only publishing your book, but you wanted the audio book. And we found the exact person that had the New York accent with you know, he did such a phenomenal job with your audio book. So if you want to hear and go through the, the entire book, you know, you've just seen a little fraction of what Kevin has shared here, but you get into that audio book and you, you just get sucked in and you can't believe what this man has been through. It's funny because when we hired that guy to do the audio book, he had a Southern draw. Yeah, <laughs> when I first went through it, and I said, "Listen, uh, I, I I think you did a great job, and I'm from New York, and uh, I, I don't think the Southern draw is going to work." Yeah, like, hey, what do you want me to talk like I'm from Brooklyn? Uh-huh. Yeah, and then he started, then he, he did a Canadian yeah. accent, and then he did a Philadelphia accent. I was like, "You're hired!" Yeah. And he did a fantastic job, just, uh, um, orating the book and really putting you in the story. And I just I'm really really proud of how the Audible book came out as well. Uh, yeah. I'm just so and he almost changed from when you were younger, like there was a tone to like towards the end. He like, did a phenomenal job. And, and after doing the Audible book, one of my real big goals is to potentially do a documentary or get some kind of Netflix special yeah. going because uh, I really want to get it on the screen for people that don't particularly like to read, but yeah. prefer to watch things visually. I yeah. think the story would be told incredibly well if we can get it uh, some kind of deal where uh, somebody would be willing to produce it would be fen- a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, feat. Yeah. Uh, and this is what we're talking about. You have a story. When you let it out, you never know where it's going to take you. And when you keep it bottled up on the inside, and even if it's bad, because sometimes our things that we went through becomes the strongest point of our lives. We see ourselves in these places, you know, uh, and I'm a 10th degree black belt, but I was a kid that couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. You know, I'm a professional bowler, but nobody in, in high school, and I had to come in the back door to gym. I was so awkward, you know, but it doesn't matter where you are. It all depends on where you're going. And we have these things in life that uh, when we can recognize that they are the power of who we are and the impact that we can make, you know, uh, standing in front of people that was, I would never do that. But, right. you know, now I stand in all over the world and talk to people. But it all became the part of the foundation of my book. And just like Kevin is talking now is that, an outlet where he could uh, bring that out and share it with the world. 
and how his story is impacting people, uh, moving him to all these different groups of people, positive, uh, positive thinking, moving forward. And I, I think that's a tremendous story. And every day someone is going through it, but they don't know how to escape. So it sounds like his book would be an excellent book to uh, talk about how do I escape? What did you do to escape? I need that too. Yeah, and what I like too is Kevin brought it up. Gratitude is such a, a place that the more that you focus on the little bit that you have, you will get more and more and attract more of that. And I'm sure, Kevin, when you're working with people that are not in their best place, you probably help them look at the little good things in their life and, and get them to, you know, show the gratitude and, and have hope. Well, because the fact of the matter is, Natalie, every single one of us are addicts. We're all addicts. We're addicts of pleasure. Just because your favorite flavor of pleasure is different than mine doesn't make us any different. Some of us are addicted to drugs. Some of us are addicted to cookies. Some of us are addicted to shopping, sex, gambling, you know, TV. Uh, we all have our hidden little guilty little pleasures. And some of them are just healthier than others. And what I try to do is I, I reshift their all that energy that they're putting into that thing that's devastating their lives and shifting it to something that's more beneficial and conducive for their success. Right. You have such a, a good positive attitude about life. And even though you are an amputee, that does not slow you down in life. Can you share some of the things that you've done that most people are afraid to do with two great legs? <laughs> Well, I've, I've, I've taken it as a challenge, as a, you know, don't tell me what I can't do kind of attitude. Uh, and most people refer to me as the one-legged warrior. I mean, I box, I, I go to the gym every single day. I, I bicycle, I, I roll a blade. I've jumped out of airplanes. I go cliff jumping. I, uh, I went, I went to Cathedral Rock in Sedona and I climbed the mountains. I go hiking. We I got to hiking together in Arizona. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just I just don't let it stop me. I don't think there's been one thing that I was just like, I can't do. Right. And, uh, and, and that's how I live my life. Uh, I, I, I feel that me losing my left didn't make me weaker or less of a man. I think it made me 10 times the person I ever was. And it made me stronger. And you can take anything in your life like that and use it as long as you switch your paradigm and your perception on how you perceive things and look at it as a challenge and as a character builder and magnify who you are. Because all the things that you go through are just character builders and they just make you bigger, better, better stronger, wiser, faster and smarter. Mm -hmm. If someone wanted to get hold of you, what's the best way to reach out? Um, the best way to reach out to me is I say through Facebook, uh, my name is Kevin John Parker on Facebook. Uh, I also have an email, Kevin at truewarriorsuccess.com. Um, and, uh, or you can go to my website, truewarriorsuccess.com. 
or kevinparkerspeaks.com. All of them have my contact information, how to book a meeting with me. And uh, and I, I'd love to talk to anybody that wants to talk. Perfect. We'll put your book links, your audio book, uh, everything um, that they can get on Amazon in the show notes as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Wow, this is great. Well, everyone, we've had a great show today. And again, we've had Kevin here, Parker, and, you know, talking about his book and, you know, the things he went through in his life before he actually got to this place of writing and how becoming an author, how it's actually transitioned his life to a better place, you know, using the things that were keeping him down in life, you know, the addiction and learning how to overcome it and then teach others how to go through it with that maybe going through how you can go through and you can overcome too. So it doesn't matter what your subject is on. If it's something about, uh, you know, we do we work with Christian authors, uh, you know, uh, fiction, nonfiction, wherever you are in your story, you see everybody has a story. You have to get it out. What is your fantasies that you play over and over in your head? Whether you, you know, turn it out that it's the next Harry Potter or whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life, you can now manifest that because someone else may be going through it, especially if you learn the secret to, you know, to secret the life or secret, just like in Kevin's case, how to be a, an overcomer. So these are powerful things. Any last things from you, Natalie? Well, I just want to thank you, Kevin. It's always great to see you and, and hear your story. It's so empowering. Um, is there any other last words that you'd like to share with us? I'm really just, uh, I'll share my favorite quote uh, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it is, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yep. Oh, that's and, great. And that changed my life. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. All right, everyone. This is Jesse Bowen. Listen, if you're interested in becoming a published author, we are Elite Publications. You know, contact us, go to our website, elitepublications.org. And, you know, emails, info at elitepublications.org. We're here to support you uh, to discovery. So set up a discovery session. So we can talk about your project, look at it, uh, find out how we can support you to becoming an international best-selling author. Hey, this is Jesse Bowen. Be blessed. Are you ready to make a difference in 2023? Yes, you can make a difference by sharing your life experience as a published author. Many of our authors had no idea how their story could impact the world until they released their first book. And not only did they become authors, they became best-selling authors. Many of them are now certified coaches sharing the life experience, new leadership, and business. Click the link and schedule a free coaching success strategy session and become an elite author in 2023. Not sure of your writing skills? That's not a problem our elite publications team can help you write, publish, and monetize your book project. We can help you discover the ways your book project will make a difference. Everyone has a story you just have to get it out. Click the link or visit our website www.elitepublications.org and get started today.